Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. How cold does it have to get before you will not go bass fishing? I don't know that it can get that cold for me, boys. <laughs> if you tell me you're going, you swing well, by with the boat, I'm, I'm in. All right, I got to ask you. Have you ever broke ice to bass fish? Okay, you got me there. I, I, I never I, I have. have. I have one time. I really, a lot of work. Yeah, I took a young young man. He was oh having some problems, and I was just going, you know, to talk with him and everything. Bought him a fishing license. He was probably twenty years old. Took him out to a lake, and lo and behold, the lake is froze over. Now, if it had just been me, I'd have. I'd have gone home, but this kid was really looking forward to go fishing. So mm-hmm. I'd literally threw rocks and everything and knock holes and ice. It wasn't super thick, you know, but I got the boat in, and I thought, well, this boat will just push right through that ice. didn't quite work. I was running the boat up on the ice and bounced on it a little bit, and it'd break through. Well, we got out there oh, 100 yards or so, and we fished for several hours. Wow. Never caught a fish. <laughs> but you broke ice to get there. Broke ice to get there. Yeah. And, and, I, I got a feeling the Titanic hadn't come out yet or you'd have never tried that. <laughs> I don't think the movie come out yet or you would have tried that. <laughs> okay, that that's the extreme. But uh, I know this show's not going to air for a week or two, but uh, between now and then, I'm I'm going to hit the Merrimack River in a drift boat with a couple of friends and you know it's snowed it's cold about 30 degrees and it's going to be a little cooler than that that morning Mm. we take off and man I'm going to put on a lot of clothes yeah I would you know I've always sat out in the blind and watched them fish jump and stuff like that duck hunting and stuff I was like I should have brought a pole I saw them doing it on the Black River the (laughs) second or the last day there the last morning I kept watching fish bust the top water and jumping about and I thought what in the world out there amongst them decoys off to the left they kept boys you just got to be a good old southern boy (laughs) Sam Heaton famous crappie fish from from down south met him at Bass Pro about 30 years ago he actually showed me video (laughs) he's sitting in the blind duck hunting he's watching for ducks he'd call on his call he's got a crappie pole in his left hand fishing <laughs> my kind back, of guy right the there size of blind, but, <laughs> but we will talk specifically about bass fishing and cold weather bass fishing and you know i can remember seeing me like 40 50 years ago you didn't hear a whole lot about it and right you probably remember this uh cody lucas you you probably do too frank you're all both from this area like the ozarks over here and i think it's where this probably this technique probably first really got famous uh, for I uh, remember seeing articles in Missouri Game and Fish magazine about it, and it was guys would go over and fish Lake of the Ozark. They were fishing deep, mm-hmm. and they just come up. Well, actually, the bass fishing guys made these lures before the lure companies ever did, but they were taking big long stick baits and mm. putting wire, heavy lead wire on the hooks to make them sink, make them drop. Yep, they'd, mm. they'd get them down deep, and they discovered that if uh, they let those things suspend a little bit off the bottom and sit in one place and just barely twitch those things mm-hmm. the big bass would attack them i mean oh, they're wow. catching seven eight nine mm. uh 
and a largemouth in the wintertime. But the real, it, and guys love this, you know, it was uh, the real diehard bass fisherman, something for them to brag about. I got two bites today. Yeah. And I caught one nine pounder. <laughs> oh, two bites. Two bites and one was a nine pounder. That'd be all right. Uh, yeah. It's about that conversion rate, mm, I guess. Yeah. Because but, you get but that would you many... fish all day for a nine pounder? You're doggone right, I would. Mm, yeah. 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 I, I fished a lot of days and didn't catch anything. <laughs> wow. But they kept uh, kept working on these lures, and the lure company finally picked up on it. And they, you know, they got suspending baits now that'll suspend uh, different levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just. All kinds of patterns and beautiful wow. things. I still, I still say they make most of those lures to catch fishermen rather than fish. <laughs> but uh, that works for me. <laughs> yeah. But if you pay attention to these guys, the ones that really got the patience, and of course they got all like electronic these days. They can find these fish, and there you go. And of course, set on some, them. some of them got brain power. They've got mm-hmm. things stored from decades ago. And I, there's a gentleman comes out the little prairie lake. Uh, Wow, it's it's starting to warm up just a little bit. I'm not going to call his name because he let people call him on the phone. But I watch for him out there at a certain time of the year in late winter, and it starts warming up. He goes to the backs of the coves. Mm-hmm. And I just had a feeling last year that he might be over there. So I went over there, and Doug Gumphy wasn't pulling up to the dock in his boat. He said, Bill, I was hoping you'd show up over here today. And I said, I've got a camera. And he had one bass that was pushing eight pounds, another one about seven, another wow. one about six. Wow. He said, I'm going to turn all these loose. Uh, but I thought I might bump into you, and I thought you might like to have pictures of them. Wow. Yeah. That gives me something. hope. I'm going to go out there and try to catch one of them oh, now. No, i got my blood pumping now. I'm ready to go. <laughs> but they are there, and any of the lakes, they can be caught uh, in the wintertime. So so what kind of uh, – where do you go on a lake, say, the deepest spot? Or do you just? Uh, I mean, what is the what are the what do the fish do? Not because I've never necessarily. Done it. Uh, I've done some of it, but I've talked to a lot of the guys that have over, over the years, been an outdoor rider for almost fifty years. But every lake is different. We realize that, and those fish are, are going to uh, hold at different places. A lot of them uh, catch these big bass along uh, steep uh, hillsides. I mean, just bluff lines, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes they'll. They might be right on the bottom, and of course, all those bluff lines have got pockets and holes and, in them and, and ledges. Mm-hmm. And I've sat uh, with a guy one time at about to freeze to death, but he had a big three quarter ounce jig with a big uh, pork trailer. Remember when they yeah. used pork instead Absolutely. of plastic? I still got some. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we're telling her, yeah, I know, but he would bump that big old jig down, and you could just see his line drop when it huh. dro- dropped over the edge of a ledge. And sure. quite often, that's when he got his strike when, it when that thing mm-hmm. uh, dropped. But again, these guys are fishing these big uh, jigs very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's not the only trick in the book. Every lake is different, and every fishing guide is, is different, and they have their favorite places they like to go. But, boy, they watch the weather, and they watch the temperature like hawks, man. If you mm-hmm. get a spot that's two degrees warmer than everywhere else mm-hmm. on the lake, that might be all it takes. That might be all it takes. So the pressure change, the like a warm front coming through. It's it's funny how it mm-hmm. just a little bit changes them. I went with uh, I fished a tournament one time with Steve Mitchell, 
And Steve uh, said, you know, if we get a little bit of wind today, we're going to change it up. And I said, what do you mean? He said, we're going to go slow roll spinner baits as deep as we can stand it and as slow as we can stand it. He said, and I said, slow roll? I, d- I didn't know what he was talking about. I, a spinner bait, man, I flip it out there and I'm buzzing, you know. <laughs> and and uh, he took me out there and I thought, okay, the wind picked up. He said, let's get out of here. Let's go. He said, we're going to, so we, we take off. And I figured he'd get out of the wind, but instead he went on the windy side of the docks. Exactly. And would cast, and he kept getting on to me. He said, you got to let it sink more. And I'm thinking, and he tells me, he said, we're like 80 foot of water or whatever. He goes, let it sink, and I mean, let it go. And because and, he's up there just catching them every cast. Mm-hmm. It took me longer to let it get down to where I was going <laughs> before I'd get a bite. I'd no uh-huh. sooner get started and I'd catch one, and he showed me a neat trick. But wow. he slow rolled spinner baits. I might get in trouble for telling the secret. But anyway, he'd slow roll spinner baits on the windy side of the dock as deep mm-hmm. as we could stand it, real uh, slow. And, and mm-hmm. the reason on the windy side, because that puts you – Push your bait fish in there. I never oh, even thought about that. Well, I yeah, never, does, but that makes it? sense. That yeah, makes sense. Hey, uh, I, I, I even use that uh, that technique in the summertime. You get wind pushing in into the bank. There's going there's going to be feed there, and wherever the food is, where the fish are going to sure. be. But yep. talking about the slow rolling the spinner bait, I had never done much of that. Gosh, it's been forty years ago when I was superintendent of Merrimack Spring Park. I was down on the river road one time and uh, there's a chain of old gravel pits back there and they flood every year and kind of restock them you know in some cases but it was february and cold one time i, I was down there i was back on one of the smaller little lakes and uh, i hadn't even seen anybody around all of a sudden i hear this little girl just screaming at the top of her voice kind of like a screech owl you know <laughs> <laughs> but she just screaming bill bill she'd see me come, come look what i've got i went over in this little girl Susan Mabes, who it was, uh, she's still in Steelville, still quite an outdoorsman. But she was, I don't know, 8, 9, 10 at the time. And she had a bass that was so big that her two little hands fit inside wow. its mouth. Wow. Now, of course, I carried a camera with me everywhere I went and still do. But, but I was shooting black and white film that day for a newspaper. All I had was black and white film. <laughs> but I shot like two or three rows of film <laughs> of this little girl and that fish. If that little girl, grown lady now with her own kids, maybe grandkids, I don't know. But if she had any idea how much money I made off those photographs over the years, <laughs> I'd be a deep trouble. I'd be careful she'd be hitting you and, up. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I just sold another uh, one of those photographs not six months ago. Wow. But it was like an eight-pound largemouth and wow. on a big old double black Colorado blade, you know, mm-hmm. the real thumpers. And she was slow. Her dad had showed her how to slow mm-hmm. roll that wow. spinner bait, and she'd caught that big old fish, man. Mm. And I'm sure she's still doing it today. Oh, it probably is. Yeah, it works. But y'all been watching Facebook recently? Tommy Bench on the Gasconade. Oh, he's been tearing them up. Corey mm. Cottrell, he's, uh, he'll never post a picture with a bait <laughs> in a fish's mouth, but he's been thumping them. Uh, Jeff Schultz, they're catching these big uh, smallmouth. Mm-hmm. Wintertime fishing, of course, these guys these days use a lot of plastic baits, the HD, HD Craw. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah. yeah. Hey. When that started, he was out of his garage at home. I know. And he hooked me up. And, oh, buddy, I went I know. to, I went to catching him. I got a picture about yeah. a seven-and-a-half-pound. Mm. Uh, that's summertime, though. But still, bass are going to eat crawfish all yep. year long. And a crayfish imitation is one of the best things you can use in cold weather. And you're working that thing on on the bottom. Slow, slow. Yes. When you think mm-hmm. you're slow, slow down some more. So, yeah. I, I caught him in Canada with yeah. the HD curls in, oh, in yeah. early, right after the ice had, had pulled out, you know, yeah. and backed out. And the water was still pretty cold, mm. and I would just barely just, and they'd pick it up. And you know how them smallmouth are in Canada. Oh, they I, look like big old footballs. Oh, you they know? do. I, I got some pictures just blow your eyes out, you know. But 
a lot of different plastic baits. There's a lot of things that imitate a crayfish. It's one of the best things you can use. Uh, have to experiment. Hey, go pay a fishing guide. Go the first time and learn sure. a lot of these techniques. It's money well invested if you love to fish. But cold weather fishing, hey, don't be just that good summertime fair weather fishing. Fair weather fishing. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> they make clothes that'll keep you warm. Man, trip in a drip boat. I'm taking ham and beans and the gravel bar. Gourmet's going to go to work right on the gravel <laughs> bank. Hey, I also remember Frank Cox. Do you remember a story that old Bill here told us about how he built a fire in a wood boat one time? Oh, I do. I remember. <laughs> I listened to that again the other day. It's a funny I did, story. I did, too, and he burnt, got the boat on fire. Son, don't be doing that. Damon may not appreciate that. Well, I think this, boat on fire. this might be a metal boat. Oh, you know? oh we'll yeah. be all right. Those but, drift boats are pretty cool. I, I, they're incredible. Yeah. I'll have to get you guys on a trip sometime. But, mm-hmm. hey, it's living the dream, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, sweet thing sure. if you are a fisherman, you stand up in front of that. It's got I forget what they call that little little conclave thing that you stand in up there. It kind of locks you in, you mm-hmm. know. And hey, I got video on White River going through some pretty oh, rough water, man. Boy. But mm-hmm. guy can handle that boat, and I just kept on fishing, caught the biggest rainbow of the oh, trip. Now right you're there, talking man. my uh, language, White yeah. River and hey, rainbow uh, trout. Hey, we're oh, gonna do it all, son. folks. I, I tell you, this crew right here really is living the dream every day and we appreciate so much that uh, you're listening to this uh, podcast keep supporting us and hey don't forget take care of your own dreams i'm bill cooper the living the dream outdoors podcast is brought to you by living the dream outdoor properties cowtown usa alps outdoors scenic rivers taxidermy and the fly rod journals Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast, as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.